Views expressed by Casters Guild members are only the opinions of that member, and that could change from day to day. Guild members may use mature language, but that in no way means they are mature. Listener discretion is advised. Get to know us just a bit better, as we'll give you a list of some of our favorite things. Then feel free to let us know why your favorite things are better, because that's the spell we're casting tonight on Casters Guild. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Caster's Guild. I am Guildmaster Rick Perry, and my life is run by lists. And I am your Guildmaster Baron Kane, and I am number two in my top ten favorite podcasters. Yeah, that you know what? You deserve that spot, buddy. Hey, you got number one. Oh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tonight, um, you know... On this podcast, sometimes we just want to talk about shit that we like. And what better way to talk about shit that you like than to list your favorite shit. So we put together some lists. We're probably, in no particular order, going to let you know our favorite things of these lists. So, Baron, why don't you go ahead and get us started with your favorite YouTubers? Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so I, I will say, again, no particular order. You know, you, you, I know you have your system. I have a hard time really quantifying a list in like you know my favorite because it's going to shift all the time and also especially when it comes to like youtubers it's like i i like them for different reasons but i i guess I'll, i will say the the youtubers that i'm watching the most right now oh and also i will tell you i i have teams of people that i watch oh yeah so so the people i probably watch the most right now is uh new rock stars I've been watching them a lot because, oh, especially here lately with D23 coming out and, you know, just a while ago they had all the San Diego Comic-Con stuff that came out. They do a bunch of theory videos, review videos on nerdy stuff. So I will watch, like, reviews on the latest She-Hulk or the breakdowns on... You know, uh, the the trailers that just came out for D23. Also, their Easter egg breakdowns are the best. Especially, like, they're they're doing all the Rings of Power stuff that's out right now. Oh, nice. And all the, like, all the stuff. That, like, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at picking up on some of the stuff that they put out there. But, damn, they, they really pick out some stuff that I m completely missed. They caught uh, Narsil. <laughs> That's really good because, like, I know a lot of people are very spoiler avoidant or, like, want to really figure a bunch of stuff out by themselves. Mm -hmm. As I get older, I get more and more, like, the opposite. <laughs> like, spoil me on everything. Show me all the shit I miss because I, I don't have time to watch these things ten right. times to make sure that I catch all the stuff so just show me and i'll be like oh that's cool like let me experience it too because you found it and on top of that all the reviews and everything it's good to find somebody who has a similar opinion as you to keep you abreast of everything that is going on in the geek world because there's so much exactly exactly um and then there's and let me tell you i love I, I literally love everybody on that team. There's nobody in there that I dislike. 
Well, one dude in particular, I've talked about. I talked about on this um, podcast before. It, MT, he does theory videos, and he is Nerdstradamus. I mean, he makes some <laughs> theories that end up just coming true, and it's like he predicted Frogman showing up in the MCU. Straight up, like how how do you predict? <laughs> Who else saw that coming? <laughs> yeah, how, how, how the fuck do you predict Frogman? Anyways. But yeah, but I, I love them. I love them. Uh, and then they have a show called The Break Room, which is really, really fun to watch. It's it's like an hour long, and they're just talking, doing silly shit. And it's just fun to sit there and just listen to them go to town while I'm doing whatever. But yeah, go go check them out. Uh, next is the Neebs crew. Neebs Gaming. They really got me into quite a few games that I probably would have never played before. And actually, I would argue that they really got me into watching YouTube videos. I mean, you know, I, I would watch YouTube here and there, but they're the ones that really got me sitting down and watching episodically. Like, you know, I would show up on, you know, every day that they would release a certain, I think it was Seven Days to Die, what, maybe Tuesdays, I think that they would release it. I'm not sure. But, you know, I would show up and watch every week. And then they just started releasing more stuff, and they're just funny. They're 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 assholes sometimes, and sometimes I gotta stop and be like, mm, mm, <laughs> mm, maybe put a little bit more thought into what you're saying there, buddy. But um, but they're also just playing characters of themselves as well, like I exaggerated mean, even, versions of their own opinions. Even even Neebs is doing a voice. Like, that's not even, like, I mean, it is his voice, but it's a super exaggerated version of his voice. So, you know, they're definitely playing characters of each other. And, you know, I, I get it. Next, uh, Ryan George. He's the, the screenwriter guy. The they do, they do the pitch meetings, you know. Funny. He is hilarious. And I will, I haven't watched, I haven't missed a pitch meeting. It, it's, it, it's really, it's very much falls back. I'm noticing more and more that I have just a cinematic fascination. I love movies and really anything that kind of relates to that I kind of have a good time watching, especially if it makes fun of it in a lighthearted kind of way. Like, you'll, you know, you'll have some people that kind of make fun of stuff in kind of like a dicky way and it's like, eh, I'm, I'm more of a let people enjoy things kind of guy. Yeah. But definitely make fun of something for the flaws that it has. Which he does, and he does a great job at it. Really enjoy his stuff. He just got his own channel not too long ago. I I really appreciate uh, his channel too because some of the other short form sketches he does, like the the first guy to ever rob someone or the first guy to ever have a house, like those are really cool. And you have to praise a guy who on YouTube is succeeding with the kind of content that he's doing because short form content is not doing well on YouTube right now. It's just getting, you know, shout on by the algorithm. And yeah. for him to be doing short form content and still being doing and still doing as well that, as he is is very impressive. Absolutely. And and speaking of the speaking of the uh oh, what am I trying to say? The algorithm just shitting all over people. Uh one of my other favorite guys is uh Boris from Life of Boris. Granted, he does not have that channel anymore. 
he has it, but he doesn't update it anymore because the algorithm just kind of chewed him up and spit him out. And he got really, really upset with it. And I mean, I get it. I, I think that it's it's hard to really place your frustration appropriately in a situation like this because to believe that the success of your channel completely rides on a random algorithm is sometimes hard to swallow. Oh, yeah. That's kind of really what it is. I know you get a lot of people on TikTok talking about, you know, oh, I've been shadow banned or oh, I've been this or oh, I've been that. And it's like, no, the algorithm just swung the other way. Yeah. And it sucks. It, It does suck. I'm sorry. But there's just something not connecting. And that's kind of what was going on with him. He wanted to do other things. He got his channel got really big and popular on the cooking stuff he did, which I loved. But his gaming stuff is good, too. And that's kind of what he was wanting to do. And he wanted to do other stuff. But it seemed that the only thing that would pop on the algorithm was the cooking stuff. So, yeah, obviously he got frustrated. But he started up a new channel called Soup Kitchen Gaming. So if you like Boris and you're wondering where he went, Soup Kitchen Gaming. Check him down. Speaking of cooking, um, another YouTuber, which he's a professional chef, but I mean, he, he's definitely getting a lot of hype on YouTube, is Matty Matheson. He's just funny. And <laughs> I mean, I don't want this to sound like I'm being a dick, but he definitely has a way about him where he it seems like he does a lot better cooking stuff when it's like normal stuff. Like, he doesn't make fancy stuff. He makes... In fact, there's actually one episode he did where he did fancy cooking. And he got so frustrated through the whole thing. It, it was it was funny to watch. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he's funny. I mean, I don't know anything about the guy personally. But, you know, he's got a wife and kids and you know, who seem to enjoy him. So maybe he's not so bad. <laughs> Again, kind of hard to kind of hard to really gauge how a person is in their real life when they have a certain celebrity about them. But sure, but I mean, but, like if the content's good and he makes good food, good. it's uh, what else really matters at that point. Yep, yep. I, I mean, honestly, I don't even really watch for the food. Sorry, Maddie, but <laughs> I don't even watch for the food. I watch for him being funny. I watch for him having just complete breakdowns. Uh, I. I watch because his crew bullies him, and sometimes it's funny. Uh, it's, it's horrible, but... I'm sure he doesn't care why you're watching, as long as he gets I, the views. I'm, you know what? I'm 100% <laughs> sure he'll never hear this. So. <laughs> Next up, uh, I'm going to start digging into my D&D, guys. And man, let me tell you, I could do a top 10 of my favorite D&D podcasters. Sure. Um, I, and, and like I feel bad with the people that I got on here and left off. So let's let's start out with um, who do we want to start out with? I'm going to start out with Pointy Hat. Pointy Hat. He's uh, new on the scene. Great stuff. Great stuff. He breaks down like a class or a race or uh, or a build of some kind. You know, talks about why it's good. Talks about why it's bad. And then he submits his own alternative. Now, not only does he give you the idea for this alternative, but in the description, he puts the full build for you to use in your game. And accompanying that, he puts art to it, and you know, you, you see through the whole thing, the different things he has. I love his art style. It's great. Great ideas and great ways to look at things that we've 
probably been gaming with for a few years now and needs a fresh look. Um, next up is XP to level three. <laughs> it, it's it's funny how informative these guys are. Or actually, really, I've only seen the main guy on there lately. Is it Josh? I want to say Josh. It sounds right. I don't know. I'm. I honestly have seen him more on TikTok than YouTube. Oh yeah, um, he has started doing TikTok, hasn't he? Yeah, but I think some of my favorite videos of his are like breakdowns of groups of books, like mm -hmm. where he's like, "I'm going to tell you about every adventure that is adventure book, adventure supplement that has come out so far, and what I thought of it, and whether or not you should run it." I, I will say that when I first started watching their stuff, it was funny and I loved it. And I love it now. It's there's nothing has changed. But oh man. <laughs> the the quality of their videos. You know, I want I wanna I wanna make fun of it, but as far as I'm concerned, it's better than the quality of my videos. Sure. But but it's still like, oh, this is you're just you're just kinda you've gotta be just kinda filming with your phone and you know cutting before you guys are done laughing about what you just filmed <laughs> and and the and, and the bad acting and but but you know what though it all plays into the, it it's part yeah. of the charm yes yes and but none of that takes away from the sheer the sheer knowledge that he has for all this stuff right i am in, i'm impressed i'm impressed with his viewpoints and his knowledge on this. And not, not because of his age. I know I'm a 43-year-old man saying this. And it's not because of his age. It's uh, I, I would challenge anybody, including people who work at Wizards of the Coast, to have the knowledge that this guy does for the product that they sell. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I'm very impressed by this guy. And even the knowledge, not necessarily uh, that they put out about the product, just things that he has figured out on his own on how to use it and how to react in certain situations, how to mm -hmm. DM, how to be a good player, things that you can't find printed in one of those books. Right, exactly. So yeah, very impressive, very impressive stuff. And also he's putting out product too, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, definitely go get on that. Next up is Mr. Rex. I've talked about him on here before. This guy is a font of knowledge. He will pick a subject in D&D and just deep dive into it. Grab lore from every edition of the game, including novels and stuff like that, and just toss it into this breakdown. And if you ever wanted a full breakdown of a particular monster or whatever, just look up his channel. If it's got it on there, you're going to find out more than you will ever, ever think that you would ever need to know on this. Definitely check it out. His Spelljammer stuff is fun. I, I like the Spelljammer. Well, I mean, I like all of the stuff, but he just did some Spelljammer stuff, I believe. I've and... watched a lot of his dragon stuff, and it, it's oh, really yeah. good, really in-depth. Well, he, he, he did a whole book on that, too. Mm -hmm. um, the, the dragon stuff, which, you know, definitely check that out. Uh, a lot of these guys, these D&D guys, have done their own stuff, so definitely check out what they got to offer, please. They're all super knowledgeable. Oh, well, that's right. I forgot. The reason why I found Mr. Rex was his Elder Scrolls stuff. <laughs> nice. He did he did full breakdowns on Elder Scrolls stuff, which turned into <gasps> he did Lord uh, he did World of Warcraft stuff too. Like a long time ago, but he did World of Warcraft stuff. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch that. I missed that. Oh, I guess I got a lot more Mr. Rex stuff to play <laughs> and watch. All right. 
Um, next up is uh, Minecraft uh, YouTuber. I don't really have a lot of favorites on there. I do have a couple, but I really like Fixit412. Um, Mr. Fixit. I, I really enjoy his builds, but I mostly enjoy the lore that he builds around his builds. He right. puts a whole story to his stuff. Um, and I and I just enjoy stories. So that's that's it gets me. So and then finally, I would be remiss to not include this YouTuber in my list of top tens. Me. Oh, there you I, go. I, I am a I am a YouTuber. Not I haven't done much lately. I mean, obviously, I have plans to get back and do some stuff, but it's it's kind of hard to when you have a full on nine to six job and to do work outside of work it's exhausting right so, so and it's, it's not like we all... don't have enough projects already yeah right so I, i'm definitely thinking that eventually some projects are going to have to start to be weeded out just so i can start focusing on stuff that i want to do instead of what other people want me to do right soon so so once i do that i will have more youtube content as well as the Casters Guild content that we are still going to be popping out for you, which I'm pretty sure at some point, um, once this, you know, we we start getting more comfortable with our stuff, we both are going to be full on Casters Guild YouTubers. Ooh, God, that came out weird, did it? Casters, <laughs> Casters. Really, that was that some real Midwest of you. Oh, I know, right? Casters. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It, it got chilly. It got chilly this weekend or this right. today. So all that air from the from the northern Midwest came down. It was like, hey there, why don't you go ahead and take some of this air? Why don't you now? <laughs> like, oh, no. Uh, also, before we get too far away from the fact that you, you made your own list, um, I have to say you deserve to be there because I have a lot of friends who make content and like I will watch it or leave it on the background or whatever because they're my friend and I want to support my friend. But I do legitimately get excited when I see that you've posted a video or you've posted a new TikTok. Like, I really enjoy your content. So it's it's really good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I do enjoy it. And I do genuinely enjoy the people who genuinely enjoy my stuff. And not that I don't enjoy the people who just support me just to support me. But it really, it really makes me feel good knowing that there are people that genuinely enjoy what I do. It definitely drives me to keep making it, even though it was never really my intention to make my stuff for anybody but my daughter. But, I mean, I guess it's... The channel was made for a specific reason. I could have posted three videos, and that reason is there. I've, I've now completed the reason for that. So me still going definitely comes from the support of other people of, you know, Hey, you should just keep doing this. Right. But yeah, that's my top 10. Yeah. So I guess I'll go ahead and get started on my list. I gave myself a couple stipulations. So just to keep the list the way I want it, I basically made each entry as small as possible. So if one YouTuber has multiple channels, I just listed that YouTuber. Or if one channel encompassed several youtubers then i listed that channel just like whatever made whatever each entry encompassed as many people that i like as possible and i also tried not to include a bunch of people from the same category like i didn't want my list to be half DD youtubers and half animators like i wanted to show some love to some other parts of youtube so 
starting at the bottom of my list. And when I say the bottom, that doesn't mean they are the bottom. Like I said, it's technically no particular order. But uh, number 10, I put Good Mythical Morning. Retin Link is just a good way to start your day. I go through these phases where I'll kind of forget they exist for a while and not watch a whole lot of videos. And then I'll flip a switch and all of a sudden I'll be looking for something to watch in the morning and I'll see Good Mythical Morning and I'm like, this is always a good time. And I'll click on it and then I'll watch them every morning for a long period and then I'll go dormant again. But I always know that when I need that content, Brett and Link are going to deliver. Yeah, that's fair. I've actually been uh, really getting into their stuff as of late. I mean, I say as of late, maybe the last couple of years or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> but I mean, really, if you, if you look into the grand scheme of things, the last couple of years, it's, yeah, that's it's a drop in the weight. bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Especially it's, since back when they were doing ads on TV and to now. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's been a long career for them. And also with all the stuff they have, like their Mythical Kitchen and mm -hmm. stuff. I love the Mythical Kitchen stuff. I'm literally just watching it before I got on the call today. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, their uncensored Good Mythical Evening stuff. I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, like you have to, it's behind a paywall. So uh, that's understandable. But yeah, mm -hmm. they, they get a little dirty for Good Mythical Evening. So, which nice. is, you wouldn't expect, if all you ever see is Good Mythical Morning, you wouldn't expect it out of them, but, like, they, it's like going from watching uh, Bob Saget on Full House to watching his stand-up. Mm. Yeah, like, it, they, they let loose a little bit for Good Mythical Evening. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, his stand-up's been a little dead lately, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd appreciate it. He would have appreciated that. <laughs> He would have. It had been his type of joke. And it's been a while. It's been a long. It's, it's been, a been while. long enough. It's been. It's been long enough. It's been long enough. It, it's. It. You don't have to say too soon on that one. <laughs> oh God! All right. For my next spot, I've got epic rap battles of history. Just once again, whenever I need some good content, I know I can rely on those guys. I can watch those videos over and over and over again so clever like the way they incorporate like actual historical fact into a rap diss is just fantastic and they've got a new season they're recording as we speak so i'm oh, very excited are. yeah i thought they were done and, i thought they were too and i i in included epic rap battles just because i also wanted to include nice peter and epic lloyd and all the kind of stuff that they've done but mm -hmm. not long ago, Epic Lloyd made an announcement and was like, we're on set. We're recording the next season of Epic Rap Battles, so get ready. So uh, I'm pumped. I can't wait to see that. Whatever they pull out, I, I'm excited for it. I know it's going to be good. Obviously, yeah. Up next, I've got uh, Z Bashu, who is the one D&D &D YouTuber that I made sure made my list. Yeah, he, again, again, one of the many... That could have made, I mean, again, you know what, we should just, we should just do, you know, just to make myself feel better, next list, we need to do a top 10 list of D&D YouTubers. Yeah, <laughs> that way you can make sure everybody gets the love that they deserve. Oh, it's going to be a 20 list, it's going to be a 20 person list. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole episode. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we're not doing three lists when we talk about D&D YouTubers, it's just like, we're going to talk, Joe Cat, you'll finally get the love you deserve from us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. 
but yeah, his animation style is just fantastic, especially with how fast he can pump it out sometimes. He any everything from the way he can bend, twist, and break the game to his own needs, and then even his storytelling, like the Cold Road, like that series, is fantastic. I would watch an entire actual play for for his stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I I I'm st- I'm telling you, I'm still waiting. I'm still. I you know what? Oh man, I wish I would have thought of this earlier. We should totally do a Halloween game using his zombie rules. You know what I thought would be really cool? I saw a TikToker recently show an idea for like a Halloween one shot where it's basically like the Call of Duty zombies. So you all make characters. You wake up in a mansion with like limited gear and zombies start pounding on the door of the mansion and you have to survive wave after wave. After each individual wave, you get two rounds to just explore the house and get ready for the next wave. And you can find more gear and more weapons. And then every four rounds, you can take a short rest. And it leads all the way up from basic zombies to a zombie beholder. Gross. And to use the zombie rules that Z put out for that type of one shot would be really cool, I think. You know what? This is how you do it. So we start the game, and the adventurers are in jail. Don't come at me. I know how much you fuckers out there hate <laughs> that for some fucking reason. It's because it's a trope, and people like people like to shit on tropes, and it's like they're tropes for a reason. The fucking D&D it is works. A trope. Yeah, is a trope. Get over yourselves. Anyways, <laughs> you start out in prison, jail, whatever, in this town, and zombies come. You somehow get out. And then just working your way through this town, you find stuff. But you're trying to get... I don't know what you're trying to do, but... Survive. Yeah, survive. But I, I like the idea of like them working their way through the town up to the castle, again, where they find better gear. And the final siege happens in that castle. That works too, absolutely. But make it too so that like if they don't save people on the way, they're left in that village... So if they're left in that village, they make, they scream, mm-hmm. they make noise, and they draw more. So that's and that's more. more zombies. They get turned into zombies, and if a player falls, turn them into some sort of super zombie. Oh yeah. Oh, like yeah. if they don't get revived within like a certain amount of rounds or whatever, they get turned into a super zombie. Yep. Yep. I like that. <sighs> Number seven. I've got to be honest. I put this list together before our Dimension Twenty episode. And before okay. I had a chance to see everything that was on Dropout, but I put okay. College Humor on this list from <laughs> right. back when I just knew them as a YouTube channel. And I was just really into their YouTube stuff. But now that I have Dropout, I have been binging everything on Dropout. It's just all so good. It's so good. Oh, speaking of, oh, I'm missing a, I'm missing... A, uh, oh, what's the, the sound, the noise one they make? Make some noise. Make some noise. Oh. Oh. Oscar's on this episode. Brendan's on this episode. Misfits and Magic did a live Gen Con playthrough. Yep. I have just finished up Misfits and Magic and the holiday special. So now Uh, the Gen Con episode is going to be my next. Fair warning, the Gen Con episode is not the original cast. Ah, that's fine. Oh, they, it, but it's, it, I like what they did, though. It's, it, they, yeah. But, but anyways, go ahead. 
but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like the last episode we sung enough of their praises that I don't need to go on past what I've said. But Look, there, there's enough room in my mouth for just a little <laughs> bit of dropout cock. I'm just saying. It's good shit. It's good shit. I swear if I open up that if I open up my front door and there's someone out there that didn't complete high school, but look, you get out of here. That not that kind of dropout. <laughs> Looking for college dropout. College. <laughs> no, I see you crossing the street. You get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. All right. Next on my list is the completionist. Um, also known as Gerard Dragon Rider Khalil. I have been following him since he first started the channel, The Completionist. Um, (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, (laughs) But he's had to go through a lot of shit for his career. Like, he had, like, an original, like, hundred-some episodes that he completely redid because he had a partner on YouTube before that asked him to take all that stuff down after some bad blood. And he was like... And he put a video out about it, and he was like, you know what, I don't have to take this content down, but I'm going to. He decided, just because that's the kind of guy he was, he was going to take down all those videos, and then he redid them all. And and he did them as New Game Plus videos, to where he would go complete that game again, or if that game had like a new version, like a Collector's Edition, a Definitive Edition, an HD remake, then he'd go and complete that, and that would be his new game plus run and he was doing that while completing new games so and he's not faking any of it because most of them he's completing live on twitch like you can go watch him do it on twitch so like he's completing one to two games a week 100 percent, just impressive talent yeah that's that's a lot and just a super charismatic dude so much that now he's on g4 like, they've got him hosting shows on G4. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, you know, go him. He's awesome. And just Absolutely. everything he's had to overcome is just, you know, e- even more impressive. Absolutely. Next on the list, I've got uh, representing YouTube animation is Tom Ska. Tom Ska is the guy behind ASDF movies. Um, if you've ever seen those, he got really, really popular for Muffin Time. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. I was, like, completely lost for, like, a hot second. I was like, wait a minute, I know that thing. Yeah, and he's done a ton of that kind of random animation, and even now he's doing a lot of stuff with his friends on another channel, Tom Scott and Friends, where they just do random stuff for a show they call content. You know, it's just whatever they feel is funny and can put in front of a camera. Um, sometimes they even do stuff on a show they called Tryhards that reminds me of the show Taskmaster, if you've ever seen that. But basically they're giving themselves a tax, task and competing against each other. But I feel like he had to make, make the list because I've got a tattoo of his work on me. Like I've got the muffin and it says it's muffin time right on my thigh. So <laughs> I feel like if I like the guy enough to put his work on my skin... Like, he can make my top ten list. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But you can watch, like, interviews he's done about it before where, like, he he battled depression and ASDF movie and kind of contributed to it until the Muffin Time thing. And then, you know, he used that as a way to help 
pull him out of his depression, which he still battles with, of course, because depression is chronic, you know. But so I went through a lot of that myself. And, you know, I wanted to get a tattoo that was kind of like the semicolon tattoo where, you know, I battled depression and and there are certain point in time where I got a little suicidal even and just I was able to get past that. But I didn't want the same semicolon tattoo that everybody else had. So I got the muffin time tattoo and that's my my version of it. So uh, thank you, Tom Ska, and uh, for your awesome work. And I hope one day I meet you at a convention or something. I can show you my tattoo. Where is it again? On my thigh, upper thigh, right here. As a matter How of fact, high? You can... How high? Right, right there. <laughs> What's that poking out? What's that? Oh, up your thumb. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be awkward. It's gonna be awkward when you go to that con. Yeah. And, and, and if I'm not wearing shorts, then it definitely will be awkward because, like, I can't take jeans and roll them up that high. Like, I'd have to go from top down. To that's expose right. My upper thigh. That's, that's right. <laughs> I hope I'm in my new uh, Bro Thor cosplay from the Avengers because that's like pajama pants. They can easily hike up that high. Next on my list, I've got Film Joy with uh, Mikey Newman and uh, movies with Mikey. It's all part of Film Joy. The way he breaks down movies is awesome. Definitely great big cinephile, and he's into the same stuff that I am. I would say part of my appreciation, part of the reason I'm the huge Edgar Wright fan that I am is because of movies with Mikey and the way he's able to like break them down and show you everything that you might've missed and you know what it means and what got put into those movies. Like he obviously he has a great affinity to those movies, just like I do. And I'm just into a lot of the same movies that he is. And watch them the same way that he does and see kind of the same things that he does so watching his video essays on these films is like just talking with a friend about those films in a and appreciating them in the same way that i do which is awesome i'll i'll tell you i i i really think that the crisis um has definitely led to a lot more of that happening people connecting with you know media like that Mm -hmm. because we didn't really have our friends <laughs> to be able to watch and enjoy things with right so, right yeah. absolutely yeah. i will say i watched way more of his video breakdowns video essays during the crisis than any other time after film joy i've got uh i put MatPat because MatPat means like a bunch of different channels we got game theory food theory film theory uh gt live uh just a bunch of stuff any of Matt Pat's videos is another one of those set of videos that as soon as one hits my feed, I watch it. There are definitely ones that I will skip, but I do I do watch most of them. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely not the, the nerd Stradamus that uh, was one of the Your Theory <laughs> YouTubers. Like, most is of it, his stuff is, like, wrong. It's, like, yeah, the opposite. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it anyway. Like the the way he breaks stuff down and the way he pieces stuff together, it's just really cool. And like the kind of stuff he's willing to tackle, especially on food theory and film theory, is the kind of stuff that you don't see a lot of other YouTubers doing. At least not until after he does it. So yeah, it's just entertaining stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it, it is definitely fun. I I know that there have been some times where I've watched some of his stuff and it's. 
you know, it, it did end up being wrong, but it definitely inspired me to think of a thing a different way. Funny thing, I'm pretty sure that MatPat did a movie theory based around something one of the new Rockstars guys did. <laughs> That's actually, wouldn't surprise me at all. So, have you heard the theory of Mephisto coming in the MCU? I mean, it's it's the it's theory that comes out after every movie. It's been memed to shit and back, right? Yeah. That was New Rockstars. They started that. Yeah. That, that makes was, sense. Uh, yeah, it was Eric Eric Voss. He uh there was like there was like one movie like really early on where he was like, uh, it could be Mephisto. But then the next one it was like, Oh, could be Mephisto and like people <laughs> just kinda caught on. And it's like the things that he pointed out was like, No, that makes sense. It, yeah. I mean, it makes sense why that could have been Mephisto. But then people started making fun of him. But he rolled with it. But then, you know, people were, like, running with that theory and like, oh, this is how it could be Mephisto. But then going into deep dive fucking theories about it. And it's like, and now he's like, guys, it was just a, it was just a guess. I mean, I wasn't even like a fully blown theory. And then, I'm you know, convinced he, that the MCU is in on it now. Like, the, oh, they know absolutely. the joke and like they're purposely dropping hints that could possibly be Mephisto, even though they know it's not going to be, at least this time. Did you, have you been watching She-Hulk? Yeah. Miss uh, Madison with a Y, but not where you think it is? Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> Made a deal. Made a deal. Could be with Mephisto. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, not, I'm not getting back over new rock stars, but yeah, go ahead. After the film theorist, game theorist, food theorist, Matt Pat, I have the Babish Culinary Universe and Andrew Ray. Fun. Once again, just once I see one of his videos go up, I'm always quick to watch it. The amount of work that goes into some of his videos, I can really appreciate. Like the when he went to Louisiana and recreated the Simpsons scene where he went and like ate all that yeah. stuff that he did and like when they did i forget what they called the series but like he basically did like a basics with ba or binging with babish uh make a wish where like he went and just like helped people and would like cook a meal with them like he wouldn't know they wouldn't know he was coming and he would just show up and they'd be fans of his and like he would just change their life um doing what he could awesome just good guy all around and then Basically, he brought on a bunch of other talent and turned it into Babish Culinary Universe. And now you've got anime with Alvin and a bunch of other shows. I feel like some of that stuff is coming out more now than when he initially named it the Babish Culinary Universe. Um, I think he had plans for the Babish Culinary Universe when he announced it. And then a global pandemic happened. When? <laughs> what? And so I feel like that shut down a bunch of his plans, but like now that we are returning to some form of normalcy, like we're seeing more of his vision for the culinary universe. So yeah, just all around a great dude. Once again, just puts out good content and I've learned a lot of stuff from basics with Babish for my cooking that has improved the way I cook. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. I think your, your Babish is always going to be my, Alton Brown. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I gotta I gotta give it to Alton Brown too because once a year I break out the Alton Brown videos around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I'm like Alton Brown, remind me how to brine this turkey 
Alton Brown, remind me how to trust this turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a damn good turkey, though. I mean, you can't knock it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not... I don't use his newer uh, videos because I don't spatchcock my turkey. Um, Like, I understand that's the better way to cook it. But I inject my turkey and uh, brine it, so... And I like delivering the whole bird to the table. Mm -hmm. So like trussing it and stuff like that is very important to me. But like he shows you how to do that in some of his older videos. So, Oh yeah. And my number one, my number one of all time, it will never change as much as the rest of this list might change. Got to give it to the game grumps. I I know. Surprise. surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's like, it's like one of those, it, it's like, we all knew it. And we're just kind of disappointed that you didn't throw us for a loop. <laughs> but then again, if you would have changed it, we would have been disappointed that you didn't do what we were expecting. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't well, win. <laughs> welcome to Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, Game Grumps—they're my favorite content altogether. Like more than I'm a Marvel fan, more than I'm a Star Wars fan. More than I'm a Fallout fan. Like, all these other things that I'm a huge fan of, Game Grumps beats out all of those. Like, I am a Game Grumps fan more than I'm an anything else fan. I've been watching these guys. They've been doing it for 10 years now. Um, Well, technically, Aaron for 10 years, Danny for 9, because the first year Aaron was doing it with John. But I've been watching them since the beginning. And I was an Egoraptor fan before Game Grumps. Like, I would watch him do the awesome series um, and a bunch of his other animations sequelitis is great i've seen the guys live several times and they've always put on a good show i've even gotten to get on stage at a game grumps live show and play games with them i've had my questions answered during q a and got very satisfying satisfying answers just all around great guys great content and the consistency is great like i always know that i can count on there being a new game grumps video up that's fair and the 10-minute power hour is great, too. Like, they stole that from Jacksepticeye. They've admitted they stole it from Jacksepticeye. But, like, and the they, stuff they do they on st- there. And they stole that name from my sex date. <laughs> what? No, that's that's a great name for a sex tape. Wait, did you say 10 or 2? 10. 10-minute ten power hour. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh... A couple other honorable mentions I got to give to my YouTubers um, just because um, I didn't put Jaden Animations on there just because I had already had other animators on there. But Jaden Animations always has some really good story time stuff and uh, has turned into a really good gaming channel. Like she learned how to be how to play competitive Pokemon. She learned how to play Mario Kaizos. Um, she's become a speedrunner like on her channel just because she just decided I want to try this and learn this and like she'll learn from her friends who are like the best at those things and make videos about it and it's awesome and then Bo Burnham and Little Dicky both started on YouTube but now I feel like they're bigger than YouTube so I didn't want to put them on my YouTubers list because they don't really do a whole lot on YouTube anymore like their career has gone past YouTube but I still loved them back when they were YouTubers uh, I think I mixed some of my honorable mentions in there. Um, and then I think you had some of my honorable mentions. So I'll just throw in Max Miller from Tasting History. Nice. Great show. Great show. They, I think he has a drinking history now, too, where they talk about cocktails. from. But yeah, good stuff. 
All right, so we'll go ahead and move on to our next list. Which is fantasy movies? Fantasy, top five fantasy movies. Okay. You want to go first this time? You want me to go first? You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and go. From top, to, uh, from bottom to top, once again, um, I'm going to put number five, uh, Gamers 2, Dorkness Rising. Gamers 2 is constantly quoted at my gaming table, like when I do D&D games. Hide behind the wall of dead bards. We'll never get old. And I say Gamers 2 because Gamers 1 wasn't awesome. I mean, if you really like Gamers 2, you'll probably like Gamers 1 and you can watch it. Um, Gamers 3, once again, not awesome. They have like a whole series of movies. But Gamers 2 is just like them at their peak. And you don't have to watch any of the other ones. You could go straight to Gamers 2. Number 4, I got Willow. And I had to put Willow in because I went back and watched it not that long ago to get prepared for the new series coming out. And it holds up, man. Like, I had forgotten a lot about that movie. And it holds up. Such a good fantasy movie. Hell yeah. Number three, uh, Princess Mononoke. I know a lot of people might not have been expecting to hear an anime on the, the fantasy movie list. I wasn't. But Miyazaki, man, Miyazaki knows fantasy. And when it comes to, like, Princess Mononoke, I think, is the closest he gets to, like, high fantasy. Just yeah. the, the struggle that you get is so much different. Like, the conflict is so much different than you get in other movies in general. Um, like, you expect the hero and the villain and the hero overcomes the villain and that does not happen in princess mononoke like life is not that clean it's it's messier than that and especially the kind of conflicts that he's creating allegories for we talk about a lot in our miyazaki episodes so i won't go into it a lot but it's still to this day one of my favorite movies number two um i wanted to throw star wars in there so i i gave it to empire strikes back probably my favorite of the star wars movies and oh. I will I will argue right along with you to anybody that wants to argue it. Star Wars is a fantasy movie. Yeah, you want to say it's sci-fi. Like, I won't argue. I won't sit here and say that it's not sci-fi. But it definitely is also fantasy. You got space wizards. You got swords. And just the tropes in general. It's, it's all fantasy. You could argue, like, samurai movie. Like, like a Kurosawa style. But, like, at the same time... I feel like a lot of those tropes might be fantasy. Um, but yeah, just all around great fantasy movie. I feel like a lot of the Star Wars stuff leans less away from sci-fi. Like Mandalorian, for example. Western. Western. You know what 100%. I mean? Um, you know, it's funny too. I'm watching Andor right now. Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. That is 100% a cyberpunk show. Uh, they even talk about corpos. It's like, come on. <laughs> it's like you're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> no. No. Nope. And then for my number one perfect fantasy movie, possibly even perfect movie, just in general, uh, The Princess Bride. I'm so excited to one day share that movie when I feel like she's ready with my daughter and just kind of like pass that on. It's probably the movie I'm most conflicted about, about a possible remake. Like, I would love to see a remake, but at the same time, like, how do you do better than perfect? Make it Muppets. <laughs> I I saw someone post about that, 
they because they keep saying you know what movie would you want to see pick one you know, movie the whole cast is now muppets except for one character and, yeah and and someone said muppets except you know uh wesley is still wesley i'm like that that's beautiful that is beautiful someone should do that i mean and i would watch it and i would love it i feel like do that that same thing except the only person who's still human is fred savage like the kid in the bed and wesley is definitely kermit okay but i i I can see it both ways like I'll, i'll give it to you both ways all right that's my list what's yours all right, so my list. Um, I will say this. I I can't count... I'm not going to count my top two. Okay. Because my top two are my two favorite movies ever. Okay, that's fair. My, my two favorite movies ever, Legend, Princess Bride. So they're fair. not in the list. They're not in the list. Fair. Uh, and also, I went ahead and took off one of the movies that was on my list. Okay. It was Willow. Okay. So, Willow is definitely in my top five, but since you said it, I just went ahead and threw one of my other ones in there. Yeah, give it, you took the opportunity. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, I mean, Willow, I mean, really. Warwick it, Davis I, is an acting genius. It's amazing. He's amazing. I can't wait to see him in this TV show. Yes. I, I'm, I am ready, I am ready to, to, to storm Disney and be like, release this shit now, please. <laughs> Like, I know you already have it. Like, I know you're not still working on it. Like, just release it. (laughs) It's ready to go. All right. So, we are going to go with Lord of the Rings. And I'm talking about the Peter Jackson one. Mm -hmm. And I'm including The Hobbit. Okay. Because I'm fucking selfish. And I don't care. (laughs) So, The Hobbit, all the way through Lord of the Rings, extended edition, I don't care. They will be in my favorite if... If I am somewhere and they're like, let's watch Lord of the Rings, I'm probably going to say yes. It's like, okay, but you're not leaving here for, you know, at least 125 hours. Right. Well, I mean, sorry. That's, I guess. You, you signed up for watching Rings. Lord of the Rings. Like, we're not watching a movie. We're watching all of them and definitely the extended. That's right. Exactly. And then next up, Conan the Destroyer. Not the Barbarian. Conan the Destroyer. And I'll tell you why. Perfect. Conan the Destroyer has the feel of a D&D movie again. It has the you could watch the movie and you can see the different classes and stuff and it's great. Right, absolutely. And then also the heavy Lovecraftian vibes that happen in it as well. Really great. Yeah, also, wasn't it also said that like the the writers of Conan and H.P. Lovecraft like purposely Oh yeah. Yeah, they oh, did yeah. that on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it, it's it's just it's great. I love I love it. It has a great feel to it. And Mako's in it, the voice of such greats as Uncle Iroh. Oh yeah. Uh, and oh man, the bad guy from Samurai Jack, Apu. Aku. Aku. Got him mixed up with the monkey from Aladdin. My bad, <laughs> Mako. Uh next up is Kroll. It is so bad. It is so bad, and I love it so much. I saw Crawl so late in life. Like I, I like, there's zero nostalgia for Crawl for me. Like it was when I was in the Navy. There was someone who was in my shop who like found out I like D and D, and was like, "If you like D and D, you gotta see this movie." 
and it's like go watch crawl and i went to my local uh video rental store and rented the dvd for crawl and man it's it's a trip it's a trip it's weird man it's weird oh wait is conan the conan the destroyer the one where he fights the ice wizard too or the mirror wizard or is that conan the barbarian i no, do not know it's conan the destroyer i'm almost positive it's conan the destroyer i have not seen a conan movie since i was in elementary school okay but you have seen the wizard uh, the where he picks him up and swings him by his leg yes yes okay. <laughs> yeah my my stepdad was a big fan of conan and just arnold in general so gotcha. like i saw a lot of those movies when i was younger just because he was like hey watch this it's one of my favorites but yeah i haven't I, seen those in a long time i think i one of my favorite images like a behind the scenes images that i've ever seen it was wilt chamberlain who was in conan the destroyer andre the giant who was in conan the destroyer and they were both standing on either side of arnold so arnold is you know a buff dude but then you have it's not that tall not that <laughs> tall, no. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people didn't know, but Andre the Giant played the monster in Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know that. But yeah, so Crawl, good movie. Bad movie. Good movie. <laughs> right, movie. right, right. Next up, Excalibur. Um, we're talking the Excalibur that came out in the 80s. It has Patrick Stewart in it. You know, it has a bunch of those guys like as soon as you see them you're like oh i know that guy but that really real i, I already liked arthurian legend we did a whole arthurian legend podcast you know that right um but i already loved arthurian legend by the time i saw that as a child and that movie was just so good it gave me unrealistic expectations on how to have sex in full armor though um, oh yeah you gotta doff that shit that's not what the movie told me. <laughs> right, exactly, but that's why you say it's unrealistic. Like... <laughs> yeah, people want to talk about porn giving you unrealistic expectations. No, sir. No, sir. I mean, it does, too, but not in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. At that's least why... at least the sex they're having, it might not be realistic, but it's possible. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Man, he, yeah, he was just going to town, too. It's like, how did you do that in full armor? Anyways, get it, Uther. And then I think that this is going to be my top favorite fantasy movie of all times. Not counting Legend, Princess Bride, Hook. Ooh, good pick. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about that. I mean, honestly, Robin Williams is one of my heroes in the... The theme of that movie, so, so good. The, the way, the what I took away from it is, you know, you have this, you know, Peter Pan, eternal child, finally decides to grow up. Mm -hmm. how, does he, how does he grow up? He grows up within the standards of the world. He grows up the way the world thinks he should grow up. Mm -hmm. Turns out, that's not a great way to grow up. Right. He's, he's a horrible dad. He's a horrible husband. <laughs> you know what I mean? He it's, and then when he rediscovers that magic, and then realizes that his family is part of that magic. Uh, Once he learns to crow again, mm, so good. And, and uh, Dante Basco, come on! I've just okay. realized that two of my favorite movies 
are the two main Fire Nation people. <laughs> That's fair, though. I mean, like, they, they know how to... Avatar, the last airbender, knew how to get its talent. Like, they knew... Absolutely. Yeah, they, yep. they got good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hook, you know how kids have those movies that they watch over and over and over again? Hook was one of my older sisters. So I watched Hook a lot. And... I don't regret it at all. Like, it wasn't one of those ones where she watched it over and over again and I got annoyed with it. Like, I enjoyed it, too. So, yeah, yeah that's that's good. Uh, hashtag learn to crow again should be a thing. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, let's get on Twitter right now. When you're listening to this podcast, just know when I tweeted this is exactly when we had the idea. Mm-hmm. When when but you're it, wondering why hashtag learn to crow again is trending on Twitter, know where it started. <laughs> we'll even capitalize it just so. Learn to crow again. While uh, Baron makes and hashtags his tweet, I'm going to let you guys know when you need some gear for some of your favorite movies, you should check out T-Villain. T-Villain is a t-shirt site where you'll find a killer limited edition shirt being sold for $13 for only 24 hours. The following 24 hours will feature a new design and so on and so forth. They choose the most ingenious designs that reflect everything evil and villainy, as well as works pertaining to anything artistic, pulp style, lowbrow, pop culture, TV, movies, music, video games, comics, etc. All things cool and evil, basically. To check them out and help Casters Guild, click our link in the description. And with that, we head into our next bigger list, our next top 10 list. Baron, tell me about your top 10 snacks for gaming, for watching movies, just for snacking in general. You said 10? I've got like 35 here. (laughs) Just give me the top 10. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go, I'll just go number one first, pretzels. Pretzels, pretzels, pretzels. I love pretzels. Any kind of pretzels. Soft, crunchy, uh, chocolate-covered. You have filled with peanuts. I love them. Salt, got, carbs, you they, can't go wrong. They taste great. They have a lot of uh, emotional value to me as well. There's a nostalgia. There's a lot of good memories that come with pretzels. They're 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 my perfect snack. I mean, honestly. Simple. I go for go it. To the, go to the movies, soft pretzel with some... Um, well, I feel like me saying simple is is a little reductive, right? Like on a pretzel, yeah, a little yeah. Bit, but, like but it's, it can be about. simple or as complex as you want it to be, and mm-hmm. it's awesome both ways. My uncle makes these uh, pretzels, like pretzel sticks, but they're you know not pretzel sticks per se, mm-hmm. but they're pretzel sticks. I mean, he makes them, he bakes them, and he sprinkles some salt on them. They're not the way that they're made now, mm-hmm. but they're pretzel sticks. They can be simple. They can be complicated. You know, it's it, they're great. They're perfect. Next is uh, cream horns. If anybody doesn't know what a cream horn is, you can get them at Kroger. They look like a little unicorn horn filled with cream, and it's not just like it's not whipped cream. It's like a it's like a thicker, uh, firmer cream. We're like a go like a buttercream. Like they use in like cakes and stuff. Close to that, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't have a buttercream taste to it. Okay, you know what I mean. I believe royal icing was brought up at some point. Royal icing hardens. 
Like it gets how hard though? Like you know, you know when you get those cookies and like it has the hard icing on top. Okay, that's royal that's icing. royal icing. Yeah, no, no, no. So we might hard. we might be yeah, talking I mean, about something between like a buttercream yeah, and a royal icing. Yeah, because it, it will get stiff, but it doesn't get that hard. Yeah. But yeah, I fucking love them. Well, again, not a lot of nostalgia that goes with that. My grandmother, who has pa- since passed away, um, used to work at Kroger, and she would bring these home. And we were living with Grandma at the time. She would bring these home, and they were just great. She worked in the bakery. Yeah, you know you're getting the good stuff at that point. The good stuff. She always and it and that smell too. She would come home smelling like the bakery. So whenever I go into a Kroger bakery and smell that, I always think of Grandma. French fries. French Can't fries go wrong also. with French fries. Damn near the perfect snack. I mean, potatoes. Potatoes, potatoes salt, come on. fried. Yep. And then, and then, just by themselves, great. Then you could just do all kinds of other stuff with them. My favorite has got to be like a crinkle cut French fry. Mm-hmm. Deep fried, preferably. I would go air fried. Um, here, well, hell, there for a little while I was putting, um, you know, the cheese dip that you can put your nachos in. Mm-hmm. I was putting that on top of it. Yeah, I got fat. I don't care. <laughs> it, it's great. Dude, Another... cheese dip and then bacon bits on like top of fries. Oh, I'm a shoestring man myself when it comes to my fries. Oh, I love Steve. the crunchy outside, soft inside. Mm, nah, uh, I like I like those thick crinkle cut fries. I get it. I get it. No, I mean don't don't get me wrong. I do find a shoestring fry very tasty every once in a while. But yeah, and the, um, and. When it comes to, like, fast food, I feel like fries are, like, the bar that you judge fast food places on. Like, it's why, like, Checkers and Rallies is, like, so high tier. See, see, McDonald's, go fuck yourself. Burger King, go fuck yourself. Wendy's, you know what? Especially go fuck yourself now because you keep changing your your fries. Uh, I love Wendy's fries. I I love the sea salt Wendy's fries. I worked at Wendy's in the mid '90s, and they changed it like three times since then. They can go fuck themselves. <laughs> checkers, checkers, rallies, snaps. You have my soul. I love your fries. The perfectly so, seasoned curly fry. Just so, though checkers and rallies and snaps, you have competition now because I have figured out how to make fries that are better. Ooh, okay. To me, to me though. Everybody sure. Listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. My cooking is only good for me. So so basically what I do is I get some fries, throw it in an air fryer, and then I get this uh, bouillon. Not the square kind, but the kind that you can scoop out. Mm. And I sprinkle chicken bouillon over top of them, air fry them. Oh, good stuff. Oh, my God. It's so good. Dude, that is it's such, like, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's such, like, a Japanese thing. What's that? Uh, okay, so if you go to get fries in Japan, mm-hmm. like at any fast food restaurant, even at McDonald's, they mm-hmm. give you the fries, they give you a paper bag, and a seasoning packet. And you choose what seasoning packet it is that you want for your fries. One of them is like a chicken bouillon. Like they came very similar to seasoning you get in like a chicken ramen. But like they've got garlic seasoning, chicken seasoning, and like you pour the fries in the bag pour the seasoning in with the fries and you shake it up and that's how you eat your fries and i'm like why is this not a thing in the states why is it it, at least make it a limited time thing for all i care but like that sounds delicious what is it with japan living in like the you know 2300s what's (laughs) what good lord 
All right, moving on. Oreos. Uh, love me some Oreos. There, there's very few Oreo flavors I dislike. Uh, I actually remember when there was just one Oreo flavor. They were called Oreos. And um, and then, like, the next flavor of Oreos they had, Double Stuff Oreos. Do you know what those tasted like? More Oreo. Oreos with extra cream in them. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's always better with extra cream. Then you take those Oreos and you dump them in, dump them in fudge. That was the third Oreo flavor. You know? Back in the simple days. You know what, though? I'm glad those days are over, because I love me some mint Oreos. <laughs> I love me some pumpkin spice Oreos. I love me some Easter Oreos, which taste just like Oreos, but they're yellow. Yep. I love it. <laughs> it's like, you know what Easter Oreos taste like? Oreos. Yep. That are yellow. I've never been a separate the Oreo guy either. Like, I've never Neither. been, like, the open it, lick the cream, then eat the... No, you take the whole thing, you dunk it in the milk, you leave it into the milk where it gets just a tiny bit soggy, then you eat it. And I will say this, that's the that should be the only constant of Oreo eaters, is the milk. Yeah. You can take it off, you can eat the cream, you can eat the cookie, do whatever you want. Milk has to be involved in some way, or you're an anarchist and nobody likes you. <laughs> um, next up, this is actually one of my new, new favorite snacks. Came out of nowhere, and I originally had them when they were like a rope. I love those nerd gummy clusters. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's, I, I think it's mainly texture. I'm almost certain that if those didn't have any flavor at all, I'd still eat them. <laughs> Look, I'll be honest, they're a bit much for me. Like, after I eat, like, two clusters, I'm like, this is too much sugar. And, like, I can't eat any more. But they've become a huge staple at my gaming table because everybody else in my D&D group loves them. Especially two particular players. Like, it's their favorite candy now. I went and got a bunch of bags when they were doing the... D D uh promotion where like if you bought the nerd clusters you got like codes to go put in and get D D materials like you know little like adventure supplements and stuff like that mm -hmm. and like they just got gobbled down at my D D table like after everyone tried them the first time after that and now they make it to my table every time it, they're great and also you saying that they're too sweet that is coward's talk. Just <laughs> it is. I'll be honest. I just <laughs> does. There's a certain point after I eat like two of them. Like if I eat like two more of these, I'm just gonna like vomit pure sugar. <laughs> That's true. Um, next up are the specifically the the buffalo wing cheeses. Ooh. Specifically the buffalo wing cheeses. Um, don't get me any other cheeses. I mean, I'll eat them. I mean, I like to eat. I'll eat them. But buffalo wing cheese, I, I will not go out and buy any other cheeses. If they don't have it, I'm not getting cheeses. Sorry. Look, here, um, here's here's where I'm going to get crucified, right? I am the guy who prefers cheese nips. I don't think I've had cheese nips. They're like the more generic version of mm. Cheez-Its. Like you get them at like Walmart or Sam's Club or whatever. They are Cheez-Its. They're just the generic version. And I prefer the cheese that they put on cheese nips to you know the, what, though? the cheese they put on cheese its I can't knock it until I try it. I I'll have to go out and find some. It's the uh, same thing. Look, it's the same thing with goldfish. Mm -hmm. There's a generic one that's whales. Okay. And I like the whales so much more than I like goldfish. 
you know what though? I I am I am convinced. I'm convinced that those generic brands mm-hmm. cater to poor people, and they and they know <laughs> that poor, they know that poor people love flavor. Yeah. So, so now, now before before you guys come at me, I am poor people. Yeah, we like we both flavor. are. Okay. We love so, our flavor. We we're poor people. We love our flavor. That's like, why I'm shopping at Sam's Club and Aldi's and stuff like that in the first place. Honestly, honestly, that that is why these next two are also in this list. Uh, Takis, good shit. That is, I mean, that's good shit. I mean, I don't, I don't eat my snacks with chopsticks. My fingers are coming out covered in red, <laughs> fiery dust. I will, I will be able to after eating some Takis, I will be able to three Stooges eye poke somebody, and they will be blinded <laughs> for life. Okay. I I haven't tried it yet, but I really want to try making fried chicken breaded in takis. Oh yeah, like that would crush be up some takis and like I've done it before with uh, nacho cheese Doritos. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You may want to go ahead and watch your boys, the uh, Good Mythical Crew, because I believe that the Good Mythical Kitchen did do that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to look up that episode. I believe so. Next up is wasabi almonds. I believe that it's specifically the bluebird or blue diamond or I don't know. I don't know which one it is. The blue something. But it's the wasabi almonds. Oh my god, they're so again, when I pull my fingers out <laughs> of this thing, when I'm all done, I'm going to have an inch of that weird gray dust on my fingers. And I will either be able to A, again, three stooges poke, blind someone for life, or lick it off my fingers. And my tongue will fall out of my face. Um, <laughs> you, sinus is definitely cleared up after that one. Cleared up. Uh, let me tell you, there is definitely a wasabi kick on that. But so good. My oh, my oh, my spicy nut has always been <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> chili pistachios. Oh, that's less. That's less. Hilarious. <laughs> the ones that come in like the red bag. Like I'm a pistachio guy myself and like i i do enjoy a spicy nut but uh i go for chili pistachios that 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 would have been a much different uh commercial uh instead of that's a spicy meatball (laughs) i do enjoy a spicy nut (laughs) uh next up is popcorn like you know how we were talking about pretzels how it's just simple Mm -hmm. popcorn you can't get any more simple and it's a great snack it's light it tastes great you can put whatever you want on it one of my favorite things to do is get like the movie style popcorn pop it mm-hmm. all up and then throw some frank's red hot on it Ooh, good stuff now, i'll tell you what there's only one group of people i look down on with their popcorn proclivities don't look at me like that <laughs> go ahead obey you just go right <laughs> to hell <laughs> i'm kidding I'm you kidding. son of a bitch <laughs> I'm a kettle corn with old bay guy. Like I, I love some kettle corn, some sweet, and then you add the old bay for the the salty, savory. Yo, okay, I I will tell, I will tell those people who love kettle corn to go straight to hell. Yeah, I, that's what I was waiting for. I am a kettle corn guy, but like yeah. it's it's more because I'm a a fan of like the sweet popcorn. Like I get kettle oh. corn because microwavable caramel corn is terrible. Like. Wait. They have microwavable 
harmful yeah, No. I, uh, okay. Yes, but no. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you can go buy, like, there is a box of microwavable caramel corn. It's so, not. But it's not the same thing as, like, those those cans of right. popcorn that those little boys have out for free outside of the stores. Yeah, for free. Yeah. Those are free, aren't they? Totally. (laughs) But, like, that's another one that's nostalgic for me, because growing up in Maryland, like, on Ocean City Boardwalk, there was uh, a company called Fisher's Popcorn. They're actually technically out of Delaware, but they spill over into Maryland. And sometimes when you want to stock up, you go over to Delaware anyway, because no sales tax. Um, Yeah. So... But they make one that's caramel corn with the Old Bay already mixed in. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fantastic. It's so good. And then, even that, you want to talk about the tins. Mm-hmm. Like, younger, I was always like, okay, I'm going to eat this one, then this one, then this one. Now I just rip that divider right out, shake it up, and eat all three of them together. <laughs> Yeah, you'll, you'll have to ship me some or something. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll try like a couple bites and be like, you know what, Rick? You can go straight to hell. <laughs> and that's going to be if I like it or don't, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I will I will say that I really, really, really enjoy some caramel corn. I do. Mm-hmm. I love caramel corn, but I can't stand kettle corn. I don't know what it is. Yeah. different strokes for different folks. That's right. <laughs> um, and then finally, again, this wasn't in any particular order. Pretzels were my favorite. Guac dip. Like guacamole. Mm. Yeah. I love me some guacamole. Um, there is a place in town that does it fresh, makes it right by your table, and I swear to God, I'm going to steal that guy and his cart, and he's going <laughs> to live in my house. I will pay him a fair living wage. I will. I will let him sleep in one of the rooms in the house, and and he's free to do what he wants, as long as his job from then on is making me guacamole. It's it's so different a f- fresh guacamole versus the stuff. Oh my god! That you buy the, at the store. The last time I got some stuff from the store, I swear I could taste the chemicals in it. Yeah, I I feel like it's because avocados go bad so quickly or, like, turn brown so quickly. The Mm -hmm. preservative they must put in it is just, it's got to be bad. It's got to be what makes it bad. I was convinced I didn't like avocados or guacamole. And then my mom made some fresh guacamole in my apartment, and it was amazing. It was a changed man. From then on, I'm like, I'm a guac and avocado guy from now on. Hell yeah. I will now judge no. a sandwich place based on their avocado or guac because it's like, I can tell if you made this. Like, I can tell if, like, you slice fresh avocado or if you've had some preserved. I can tell if you made this guac or if it's, like, some yes. industrial barrel shit. Yep, yep. Yep, and I actually have seen people go out buy the guacamole to make like seven layer dip, and it's like that's fine because there's a, so many other flavors in there that it's just kind of masking everything. I but still won't kinda, eat that seven layer dip, me personally. Well, it it kind of makes you wonder though. It's like like for like for me now, it's like what if they fresh made that shit? Mm-hmm. How much better would that seven layer dip be? Yeah, Things and you know, 
I another thing I learned from my mom when she made me fresh guacamole, it's not that hard. No, it's not at all. It's not that hard. It, if you just, it's like if you're making seven layer dip, you're adding like two steps. No, if you I, make your I, own fresh guac. I will say this, you know, you go to you go someplace and you're like, oh, but they use a mortar and pestle, and you don't need a mortar and pestle. Mm-mm. You can just smash it yourself. You're fine. You're yeah. fine. Like I'm not saying you gotta like gourmet fresh make your guac, but you should still home make it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that's my 10. Um, I'm going to start off with my 10 with cheesecake. And cheesecake starts it with me because it's like a tradition in my gaming group. I make dinner for my gaming group like every time we have D&D. And Hold on, I'm, 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 still, I'm, I'm getting over my shock. Hold on, give me a second. You chose a whole ass dessert <laughs> as a snack? <laughs> Look, I'm getting there. Just let me tell the story. <laughs> so... My friend Jason always wanted to know what he could bring. And, like, we were just, like, bring a dessert or something. And so he would always stop at the Publix right near his house and bring a cheesecake. And it was always the cheesecake that was, like, four different flavors. Like, it was two fl- two slices of this flavor, two slices of this flavor. You know what? You've seen them. The sampler cheesecakes yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it just became, like, one of those things. Like, I understand it's not a snack, but, like, we ended up snacking on it so much. Like, you don't eat a whole slice of cheesecake as a snack, but the the cheesecake is there. You snack on it. You know, you know it's... You know, it's funny, though. My mom actually made snackable cheesecakes when I was little. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like in a little muffin tin? Yep. Yeah. Dude, I love making those with, um, like, I'll make my own cheesecake, and instead of a crust, at the, like, the bottom of the muffin tin, I'll put an Oreo. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is, like, the quote-unquote crust of the cheesecake. So good. And if if you thought that was bad, <laughs> wait until you hear my number nine, panna cotta. the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's just another something... That I made for my gaming group pretty regularly. Like, I'd make it in, like, a glass. And, you know, you make the panna cotta, you make the jello. It's it's no different than if I'd have said jello. It's just a different type of jello, you know? It's just gelatin and heavy cream. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Whoa. like, you know, I'd do the regular jello along with it. That's how I did the layers, you know? So, but it's good. It's really good. If you try to describe it to somebody who's never had it before, like they're like, what is panna cotta? And it's like, it's milk jello. And then they're like, ooh, that sounds gross. And I'm like, I promise you it's not. Just try it. It's it's delicious. It's sugar, heavy cream, gelatin powder. It's awesome. Unless you're one of those people who hates the texture of jello, then you probably won't like it. Thought you were going to say something else like, oh, unless you're a kind of person that, you know, h- hates good things in life. <laughs> I mean that too. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, apple slices with honey and peanut butter. That your first snack of the of the list. <laughs> you mix some peanut butter and honey together, dip the apple slices in it. It's fucking awesome. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, I also have fries on my list. Nice. It, it, we talked about it a lot already, but good fries with good toppings, chili cheese fries, cheese and bacon bit fries, garlic fries. I love a, a covering some fries and some garlic salt. Just... Well, actually, you know what? My kiddo, one of her favorite snacks, apparently I'm the only one that can make it, butter fries. Okay. 
Um, so, so basically, I, I get the fries, and I cook them up, right? Get them almost crispy, and then I put, like, slices of butter on it, put it back into the toaster oven, let it cook more, like, cook in the butter, let that butter cook all over it, and then just pour it out into a bowl. That's it. I've never heard of anything more Midwest in my entire life. Yeah. It sounds yeah. so good, though. That does sound delicious. Um, I would, If I was to eat it, I would do it differently. I would do it with the butter and then just get garlic powder and just mm, Garlic butter? All over. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Love it. It's like uh, garlic garlic bread fries. Is this how, what we... Can, I, I almost want to put a garlic bread as a honorable mention now on mine. Because <laughs> I completely forgot about garlic bread. But bread makes you fat, so... Yeah, so does half the stuff we've said. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to quote one of your favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. bread does make bread makes you fat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next on my list, uh, Ritz crackers with cream cheese. You know, it's funny too because now you're doing this, and I'm like, you know, I didn't even think about like the different combos of foods mm -hmm. that would be a good snack. But yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I'll, I'll take a sleeve of Ritz or generic Ritz. Once again, sometimes I like the generic ones better. What they have at Aldi's is awesome. But don't skimp on the cream cheese. Like, I gotta have Philadelphia. Philadelphia whipped cream cheese. Just sit down with the tub of whipped cream cheese, the sleeve of Ritz, and a butter knife, and you just slather it on the... That's that's my go. I, like I purposely buy Ritz and cream cheese just to do that when I go grocery shopping. Like that is my snack. Good snack. Number five, a good trail mix, which they're hard to find nowadays. Like everybody wants to like change up trail mix, and it's like peanuts, raisins, M and M's, pretzel bits. Like the, the these are the ingredients for trail mix. People like stop throwing craisins in my trail mix. In my trail mix. <laughs> Stop taking the M&Ms out of my trail mix. <laughs> yeah, you leave, you leave that rap god in my in my in my trail mix. Stop putting dried apricots in my trail mix. I kind of like dried apricots, but but I get what you're saying. Yeah, like okay, I buy bags of dried fruit to eat as a snack they're not on my list but like dried mangoes dried apricots dried pineapple i'll eat that as a snack leave it out of my trail mix nice uh next up i put kettle corn get out <laughs> i know like you said like it's what's on the paper man like i wish i could change it but man, Look, man I'm, I'm just doing my job just doing my job man <laughs> once again it would be like caramel corn but like you can't get good microwavable caramel corn Right. Um, so I can throw a bag of kettle corn in the microwave, throw some Old Bay on it, and call that a day. Oh, and I and I know I, I did say something about Old Bay earlier. I, I love Old Bay. I just want that to be clear. I do love me some fucking Old Bay. <laughs> Old, Bay Old Bay is like one of the best spice mixes out there. Yeah, it's good, it's good that you clarified. You were about to get lynched by our Maryland fans. <laughs> right, yeah, all, what, five of them? <laughs> And I'm not saying that we don't have a lot of fans. I'm just saying Maryland isn't very big. Yeah. It's, it is very small. Uh, very populated, though. You got to be careful with that. You know, I'm just I'm just noticing, um, you know, we're both from very weird places. Yes. Very, very could be very Lovecraftian places. Very cultish places. Like, our states are not states. They're cults. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> our cult ro- our cult robes are just cooler than yours. Yeah, that's uh, that's okay. But to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> you guys got the cooler colors. That's I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Just say. Uh, after kettle corn, I put peanut butter pretzels on there specifically. Like I know you had pretzels, but like I love the pretzel nuggets that are like filled with peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like not only my perfect snack; they're like a perfect road trip snack. Like I always get like the tub of peanut butter from pretzels, and like Kroger now actually has sunflower butter filled pretzels, and those are fantastic. Mm, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. So you get a tub of those. They're a little bit more pricey than the peanut butter ones because, you know, it is sunflower butter. But they're really good. Uh, number two, nachos. Okay, okay. Tortilla yeah. chips, ground beef, cheese. And you know what? I don't think anybody, anything's ever going to be homemade nachos you made for yourself nachos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing's ever going to beat that. Like, sometimes I'll want nachos so bad and I don't have the nacho stuff. I will take Doritos, put them on paper plate, sprinkle shredded cheese over them and throw that in the microwave and be like this is close enough that's when you realize that people really should be using doritos for nachos anyways yeah (laughs) it's true like whoever Uh, decided that like they were going to start making taco bell taco shells out of doritos genius i will also say this and before i say this i would like to say before you start any diet please consult your physician i don't recommend any diet for anybody you live your life how you want though when I was doing keto, I would get the big pork rinds, mm, mm-hmm. get some beef or chicken, like canned chicken was my usual go-to, canned chicken, sprinkle it all with cheese, some pickled jalapenos, sprinkle it all with uh, chili pepper uh, powder, cook that in a microwave for like two minutes, pull it out, sprinkle some, hot, uh, some uh, Frank's Red Hot on it. So good. Yeah, e- even though I'm... St- I'm not doing keto anymore. Mm-hmm. I still make buffalo chicken dip and use pork rinds to dip it in. Like it's over uh, tortilla chips or whatever else. Um, just and buffalo chicken dip. Uh, if you don't know, cream cheese, buffalo sauce, cheese, uh, ranch or blue cheese dressing, depending on what you do, and shredded chicken. And if um, for some reason you don't know what buffalo sauce is, it's Frank's Red Hot and butter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it. And you can even actually get Frank's Frank's Red Hot Buffalo now. Yes, like, yes. it's already pre-mixed. Um, yep. But yeah, good shit. Um, and dip pork rinds in that. That's awesome, too. Mm-hmm. And right along the same line as uh, nachos. Yeah, I, I, will, I will say, I will go at, so far as to say nachos are what you make of them. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, there is... You can make the argument all you want, but I will stand firm. You need a thin, crispy receptacle with cheese, meat, and some kind of fiesta fiesta seasoning. Make it spicy. Make it spicy. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, use your cumin. Use your chili peppers. Mm -hmm. Use the the traditional Latin American spices for this Mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, my number one snack is gummy frogs. Um and I only do that to get specific because I'm a gummy fan regardless. Gummy bears, gummy worms. If it's gummy, I'm going to eat it. But gummy frogs, specifically with the little marshmallow layer on bottom, they're usually more recognizable in the shark form. Like you've ever seen the blue gummy sharks with the white layer on the bottom. Oh, that's, okay, okay. That's marshmallow. 
Mm-hmm. So you get the gummy and the marshmallow, but the frogs are green instead of blue, and they're slightly different flavor, and I like frogs better than I like sharks, just in general. That's just the kid in me going, I like this shape better than I like this shape. That's perfect. Hey, I just love gummy frogs. I will keep bags of those around at any time. I have friends who, like, when they want to bring me something they don't know what to bring me, they bring me gummy frogs because they know how much I like them. <laughs> so gotta go with gummy frogs for my number one list i i'm pretty sure that if we were to ever have like a game day and we're like all right let's bring our top 10 snacks oh god <laughs> well, oh that's first off, first off you're bringing full-blown meals to the to the table <laughs> anyway so i mean that's that's <laughs> hey nachos are a full-blown meal if you ask me what first what's of your all favorite, what's your favorite snack lasagna what <laughs> Anything's a snack if you eat it in a small enough portion. (laughs) You know what? Guild decree. Anything is a snack if you eat it in a small enough portion. Also, I will add to that guild decree. A portion can be small even if you're eating it in consecutive... (laughs) Yes! Yes! Yeah! As long as the initial portion is small, you can eat a hundred of them. You're still snacking. <laughs> You're still snacking. Yeah, no, that's fair. You, you know what? That's you know what? Because no, that's legit. Because like you know, I made the joke about the lasagna, and it's like, oh, lasagna is a whole meal. Okay, but if you cut it in little squares, mm-hmm. and then you know, you had a little snack. Oh, but what if they eat the whole lasagna? Yeah, well, you know what? Motherfuckers that are, sit around and eat a whole bag of chips, okay? Yep. <laughs> it's still snacking. It's still snacking. <laughs> it should count as a meal because it's like 3,000 calories in a yep. whole bag of chips. But... Yeah, I mean, if we're talking chili cheese fries and stuff like that, like, we obviously, like, that's a snack. But, like, you eat a whole basket of chili cheese fries. That is your daily caloric intake. Easy. And then some. Still snack. Yep. So yeah, no, good to, good guilt decrees. Good, good guilt decrees. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to you wanna hit up your games? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. You know, I want to point out something that I kind of noticed about my list after I made it, is that it's all sequels. Like, none of them are the original game in the series. Um, it's, it's all been games that came after the original game. And I don't know if it's just because they learned from the first game and I just like it better or just as I got further into the series, my love for the series grew. I don't know, but just something I noticed. Uh, So for my number five, Dragon Age 2. I didn't get into Inquisition as much as I did Dragon Age 2 and Dragon Age 1 has some serious quality of life problems for like how they (laughs) handle some of their systems and stuff like that. Okay. All right. But Dragon Age 2, they hit that sweet spot, and I like carrying over my progress from, like, the previous games into the story and, like, seeing things that my character did and choices that I made actually affect future games, uh, Mm -hmm. which is something really cool that Bioware does in general. But Dragon Age was probably one of my first experiences where I was playing video game, and I was like, this feels like playing D&D. And yeah, so... Love Dragon Age and Dragon Age Origins and all that good stuff, but Dragon Age 2, I feel feel like, is when they they really hit their stride. I'll have to play that, actually. Number four, Kingdom Hearts 2. 
once again, Kingdom Hearts, just I feel like they were still learning a few things about quality of life when it comes to the games. A little sluggish at certain parts. Kingdom Hearts 2, they introduced my favorite character of the series. Love me some Roxas. The story can be a bit hard to follow, so people tell me. Um, and I'll be honest, I was really disappointed with Kingdom Hearts 3. And it could have just been how long we were waiting for it. Could have been, yeah. Like if it had come out like 10 years earlier, maybe I would have loved it. That's fair. Uh, you waited so long, the expectations were just high at that point. Yeah. Well, not only not well. There's that, and to top it on top of that, better games just started coming out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. after technology comes out for so long, people use that technology. They make better games, and like my bar for what a good game is got raised. I think. But Kingdom Hearts two, and you know, you know what? That's definitely not it. Because I can still go back and play Kingdom Hearts two and still really enjoy that game, and it's not just nostalgia. You know, like, it holds up against today's games. So I think mm -hmm. it might have just been, like, an anticipation thing. But yeah, if you like Disney, if you like JRPGs, if you haven't played Kingdom Hearts yet, I don't, I don't, know, what, I don't know what to tell you, but Kingdom <laughs> Hearts 2 is shit. It is. Number three, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Okay. You don't see oh. much, many Mario games that are, like, straight-up RPGs, but... I think it all started with Legend of the Seven Stars, um, Super Mario RPG, and then we've seen the Superstar Saga and Paper Mario kind of branch off of that, mm -hmm. and those definitely are RPGs, and like the turn-based, like Superstar Saga invented like a new combat for the Mario RPG series where it is turn-based, but it's also reactive. Like, during the turn-based, like, you can press buttons at certain times, and it'll increase your chances for critical hit, or you can, like, dodge your enemies to attacks if you press the block button at just the right time. And the story is just so fucking funny. Like, everything you know about Mario characters' personalities, like, Luigi is a coward, and, like bowser's a bit doofy and like the, that all comes from the superstar saga okay because they had to invent characters for this story to be built around it's just all around fun game fair number two fallout 3 Ooh, solid choice it is no secret i'm a fallout fan um fallout 3 and fallout new vegas they just kind of go neck and neck for me and like trade back and forth for my spot <laughs> But only one of them could get the spot this time, and I've just played Fallout 3 way more than I've played New Vegas. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, though. I went back to just try... Uh, went back to try New Vegas, and, like, I remember loving that game, but then I tried it again, and it's like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think what it is is just as it's... As more stuff is coming out, and the details are getting better, the story's getting better, It's it's like... It, it's hard for me to go back to New Vegas and and really enjoy it. At this point, I don't want to say Fallout 3 and New Vegas walked so other games could run. Like, I feel like that game was running to begin with. Like, Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas ran so other games could fly. It, 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 newer games have done what those games did better, but only because those games came first and did what they did. Fair. I definitely feel that way, but I, I also feel like going back to New Vegas, I say with the New Vegas flag behind my head, maybe not the way for me 
Fallout 3, I can definitely see going back to and playing again. Fallout 4, I believe, is just my, it's my go-to now. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Maybe if you were going to go back to New Vegas, maybe do it with some mods. Change the experience a little bit. Yeah, even make it look a little better. Even just making it look a little better might help a lot. Right. My number one RPG is going to be Persona 5 Royal. There Um, it is. Just everything about that game is just dripping with cool. You know, just the, the combat makes you feel like a badass like so cool like it once you understand how the combat works and like this is weak to this and this is strong against this and this critically hits against this and then you can do your all-out attacks and everything's so aesthetic you've got your team attacks like the music is so good we talked about it in our video game music episode um last surprise is still on my playlists I've I've considered getting a Persona 5 tattoo at this point. And if you're going to play Persona 5, might as well play Royal. It's the exact same game except extra dungeons, extra characters. It's just like the definitive version of that game, which Persona just does that. Um, mm-hmm. Like for every Persona game, there is a version that comes out later that is the definitive version. It's just cool. I mean, it's so cool that they're getting ready to release it again. Oh, really? Yeah, well, like, it was exclusive to PlayStation for a really long time, and that exclusivity contract has run out. So now it's going to be on PC, Xbox, Switch. It's going to be on everything. So if you couldn't play Persona 5 Royal because you didn't have a PlayStation, very soon you'll be able to. It's even on Game Pass. So if you have an Xbox or a PC and you have Game Pass, go ahead and play it. It's going to be included. Oh, yeah. And then uh, a couple honorable mentions... What do you I think this is? Caster Shield? <laughs> I didn't want to put Pokemon on the main list um, mm-hmm. just because yeah, I get it. Pokemon gets a little repetitive after a while and a lot of people don't realize that Pokemon is an RPG, but it is. Um, but I gotta put Pokemon Gold and Silver on there. That's Gen 2. That was my go-to. I s- will still play that game sometimes if I want to play a Pokemon game. And South Park Stick of Truth. I like that a little bit better than Fractured But Whole. Uh, but the South Park RPGs are fantastic games and funny from start to finish. And like a lot of yeah. other licensed games, they could have totally phoned it in. But they made a great game to throw all their comedy on top of. Yeah, I actually, I actually need to. I, I need to still play those. My my, you know, my daughters played those, and it, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Uh, they they. I watched her play them, and they were pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely need to get in on that. Okay, yeah, I guess I, I will go ahead and hop into mine. So I will just go straight to Dragon Age Inquisition. Okay. Um, I will say that is the only Dragon Age I've played, but it is so good to me. I love the magic system in that. Oh yeah, the magic system great the lore Um, of the magic not even just the um, magic system like the way you have like the way mages work and like the fact Mm -hmm. that they are potentially dangerous if like a demon gets a hold of them just so good it's it's really great but and then just the lore in general that's mainly what i love with rpgs is the lore behind it because i don't play for combat Mm -hmm. i play to learn about this world these people built next up is and I'm including both of them, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Love those games. I believe that that is the first video game that came out that used the D20 system as an engine as well. 
Love that game. Um, that game really opened a lot of doors, I think. And, you know, led to Mass Effect, mm-hmm. um, which was a big deal. Um, I think it's one of the, really the first games to really at least popularize the concept of good choices, evil choices. Mm-hmm. So that that's a lot of fun. Which just um, fits Star Wars so well. Like Jedi oh, or Sith. God. Gods, yes. Next up is Dragon Warrior 4. That really... It was really early on. Actually, um, I played it at my cousin's house. I just hung out with my cousin just a little while ago and we were talking about that game. But it, it is, you know, your top-down kind of turn-based RPG. Really old. A lot of you going to back to play it are probably going to be like, why am I playing this? <laughs> um, but it's a legacy game, too. You, you start out and you are like, I think the first one you play as is the merchant. And then you go out and you sell some stuff or you go out and you adventure and you get stuff. Mm-hmm. You come back to your shop and you you sell stuff. That's how you make money. Uh, it, it's really cool. And the cool thing about it is like when you go out, your wife gives you a lunch. That lunch is like the only healing potion you get. Mm-hmm. You go out, you fight, you use that healing potion to either get back home or adventure for a little while longer, and you come back with the stuff, and the next day you just sell stuff. You choose when you go, you choose when you sell. Regardless, there is a main story to it, and you eventually get to this little part of the land where you settle down, and you start up a, a merchant tent there. Mm-hmm. Next part of the game, you're playing as somebody else, but then you go to that part of the land, and there's a whole city there now. Because that merchant started up a whole city around it. It's it's really cool. It's really cool. RPGs um, with time skips in them in general. It it's such a cool concept to where like mm-hmm. you can see actual ramifications from what mm-hmm. happened from what you did in the first half of the game. Yeah, there's a Final Fantasy game that I really love where you play as a character and then you end up uh, forming a romantic relationship with somebody else, but you could choose who you form the relationship with, mm-hmm. and then you get a kid based off of that relationship so there are multiple combinations to this game Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's a lot of fun the first final fantasy is my next one i've talked about this game more than once don't need to really go back into huge detail it is again one of my favorite games in general but you know one of my favorite rpg games it definitely started my love of rpgs so there's no way this couldn't have made it on the list and then finally, and I save this one for last, because I realize that there's going to be a rant that comes with it. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. All right? Now, I've talked about this game more than once. Oh, yeah. A lot a lot of you people are jumping on. Had a whole episode on, about it. whole episode. A lot of you people are jumping on the bandwagon now. A lot of you people are loving this game now because of the DLC that came out. A lot of you loving this game now because of the uh, anime Edge Runners that came out. You know what? Good. I fucking love you people. I love that you're finally jumping on this bandwagon because maybe this game will get a fucking sequel now. All you people that weren't on board with this because your little fucking game systems couldn't handle it and you believed them when they told you that it would work or you got this game and you put it on your computer and you put 80 mods on it and you're like, I don't know why it broke down. Whatever. Whatever. You're here now. I'm glad you're here. Love this game. You better go watch that anime too. Uh <laughs> And well, first off, that anime is amazing. Sure, but go, yeah, but like this stuff. I want you to like this stuff because I want a sequel to this game. Night City is not dead. Maybe I mean, and I love Keanu Reeves, but maybe get one that doesn't have Johnny Silverhand in it. 
Yeah. You know, we we had our one callback to the old lore. We don't need any heavy-handed callbacks anymore. We're fine. We can move on. Yeah, there are plenty of other cool characters that can come out of Cyberpunk that we don't have Absolutely. to rely on the old Absolutely. old guys anymore. We didn't even yeah, we didn't even see Morgan Blackhand, but we got a taste of it. And that's all we needed. We mm -hmm. didn't we didn't need it. Now we can go. We can move on. We can move on. Twenty ninety nine or something. I don't know. Oh, that has a nice ring to it. It does. <laughs> Set. Oh, that would be good though. Cyberpunk 2099, set it around uh, New Year's Eve, going mm -hmm. into 3000. Oh, 3000, yeah. 2100, going into 2100. Yeah, that, that'd be smart. I like that. I like that, especially if you make it like the central point, like there's some villain that's going to do something at midnight heading into 2100 mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. make it like a timed thing where like you can do side quests, but the entire time you're doing side quests, the clock is ticking. So, oh, like, you know how many side quests yeah. are you going to do before you need to, like, focus on that main quest and get shit done? Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, but, yeah, that's my list. All right. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That was an awesome list. Had a, We had a lot of things in common in our lists, and, like, there are other places where, like, they were very different that I was not expecting. I'll tell you what. If I hadn't changed the, the movie list, we would have had a very... Our list would have been almost the same thing. <laughs> I'd honestly, honestly, I believe it. One, I believe it. One, two, at least two in common. Oh, speaking of the movie list, and I hate to throw this in at the end, but I forgot my honorable mention for my movie list. Oh yeah, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, two, two uh, King Arthur movies mm -hmm. in the movie list. Nice, <laughs> nice. And I don't, I don't know why that's in your fantasy list. I don't know why it was in my fantasy list. That stuff really happened. Yeah, totally. Okay, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I just love that, like. Monty Python or Holy, Holy Grail ends with a literal cop-out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, like, I didn't get that joke until much later on in life from when I first oh, really? watched it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like somebody, like, pointed out to me that it's a cop-out. And I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, it's, it yep. really is a literal cop-out. Uh, yep. <laughs> Man, why don't you wrap this one up, Baron? All right. Well, um, yet another list down in the in the annals of the Casters Guild uh, archives, uh, and more to come. We have lots of favorite things, and uh, as we in, I, I I would argue that this entire podcast has been one big introduction of us to you. Um, and these lists just narrow it down even more. Um, we got more coming, and apparently we have one whole episode of favorite D and D YouTubers at some point. So that's gonna go that. on the list, yeah. <laughs> so um, just just stay tuned. If you want to know some stuff, let us know. We we are going to eventually run out of ideas for stuff that we want to share with you. Let us know. Let us know what you want. What kind of lists you want? What 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 do you want to know that we like? Uh, I mean, we haven't even really. Have we talked about anime? Have we talked about a little uh, bit? Yeah, we had an anime episode back in season one. Not our favorite animes, or you know, our favorite sitcoms. I, I don't know. No, definitely not. We could do, definitely still do it as a top ten. Hell yeah. Maybe we get. Maybe you know what? Maybe we could even do some versus videos too. We choose two favorite characters out of geekdom and and we argue about who would be <laughs> the winner in 
said fight, and then we both choose the same guy and end up being a very short, short episode. Uh, yeah, he'd beat himself. The end. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, just stay tuned. We got more stuff coming for you. More, more lists. More getting to know you. More getting to know each other. More getting to know ourselves. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Caster's Guild, and stay tuned in. We are getting close to the end of season three, but we've got a lot of really cool stuff coming up for you. Uh, as of this recording, we are recording this on the first day of fall and October spooky month is coming. And we've got a whole month full of spooky stuff coming for you. Um, I would be remiss if I did not wish a, uh, certain Mr. Bilbo, Mr. Frodo and miss my mom, a happy birthday today. Not, not quite as cool, but it's my dog's birthday today too. Oh, happy birthday, your dog. Uh, Renfield is my dog. He's my corgi, and it's his birthday today. Um, what are corgis but hobbit? The hobbit uh, dogs. Do- hobbit the- dogs. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for our 24-hour charity stream coming in November. Twitch links are in, our des- in the description, so go ahead and follow us now so you can see when we go live for that. And, you know, just let us know about your favorite top tens. Get on Discord. Email me, castersguild at gmail.com. Let me know your top ten list for these things. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about your top tens on the next top ten episode. But thank you so much. Check us out on all the socials. And we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. 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 B